All right, I'm back here with Marissa. Hi. Um, I well, she doesn't have to introduce herself again. That's I always do that. I'm like, <laughs> hey, you got you've been here before, so. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. I guess we're just gonna start chatting it up. I don't know what. I always love the second time because it's a lot easier. Uh, it's yeah, like, I, feel like I know you very well now. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, you know you're also. Yeah. <laughs> All Maybe right. I my own research. Uh-huh. So what I, uh, What do you want to chat about? I'm, I'm curious. What, what have you learned about me? That's interesting. Well, I haven't yet had a chance to listen to your podcast with Lauren Tickner, but I believe you were interviewed. Or did you interview her? I've, I've been on her podcast, yes, twice. Now. Amazing. Twice. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was curious because I know that she, she talked uh, with you a lot about cryptos. And I was like, oh, he's been mining. And he got in there before the rest of us. I'm jealous. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, I, I'm not like mining. I wouldn't even know how. I have invested um, in a couple of things here and there. So I was like curious. I wanted to know more about it yeah so what is it like you want to know like is it just what to do what what all of it means i'm interested in what yeah i want to know what to do i mean um so so new picks who um who you know you know he does all of my my photography and my media and he kind of like helps me with my instagram page he'd been talking about this for ages um i think he got going with ethereum or ethereum and he said look you're kind of missing a trick here so with a bit of spare money i i think i was too late obviously very far too late for bitcoin um Mm -hmm. and even it felt like i was a bit late for them so i um bought a couple of litecoins and then i've also got a little bit in uh stellar stellar lumen or something Mm -hmm. um and so i i don't know if it's too late for me really and i don't know if i'm not mining if there's a way that i can just sit back and still make some money on this but yeah i'm interested the concept for me is a bit it's a bit foreign um but it's worth trying and i don't have investments anywhere else you know i'm somebody who uh, either saves their money or spends it and that's all i ever do i don't kind of do investing i know nothing about finances really <laughs> yeah you came to the right person i guess i don't know but uh, it's interesting so what he got you into cryptos when was this it wasn't that long ago. He, he's only, I mean, he, um, I think, has been playing around. He's made quite a lot of money um, very, very quickly. Like, he's tripled his money already, um, but he's able to kind of sit and play around and sell and buy and loan and things like that. And it was only really a few weeks ago, maybe a month or, or so ago, that I finally kind of paid attention. Um, he'd been talking about it for a little while, and I paid attention and said, okay, fine, I'll just you know, get on Coinbase um, and invest a little bit of money. Um, And then, of course, Litecoin dipped Uh (laughs) over Christmas. But I didn't really panic because I'm not knowledgeable enough to panic. Uh, I just thought, okay, presumably it goes down. Maybe it goes up. I don't know. Um, I think I've got two Litecoins and, like, that's it really. And then I've popped some money over in this Stella, but I have no idea. And I kind of forgot about it, really. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, I think that's the best aspect because um, when you're in cryptos, a lot of, a lot of things happen fast. So you know, the price goes up really fast. The price goes down really fast. So I yeah. think 
it's hard to say what will happen, but I mean, it's only been a month. Like you need to wait at least a year, maybe two. Um, I always say people have a number in your head. So like if you want it to double, okay, once it doubles, I'm taking it out. Or um, if you want it to triple, once it triples, I'm taking it out. Like it's just having that number. Um, Do you think it's okay to take it out if it's if it's growing and it's working for you? You think it's okay to take the profit out? Yeah, yeah. I always say like always take the initial events, but like the the piece that you put in, always yes. take that out first. So okay, say okay. it triples and take a piece of it. So take the piece yes. that that it tripled. So um, and then you know then you can decide whether you want to. You think this is going to be a long term game or it's going to be a short term game. So if you want if you want it to grow and grow and because cryptos are the future it's it's just a fact it's a you know it's like the it's gonna happen one day so the the question is not if it's when so is this gonna happen and which coins are going to be the ones that are going to be the ones that you know kind of do it all you know kind of make it do you think that litecoin has a future uh, a lot of coins have a future. The question there's i think litecoin ethereum it's just like all these things that, that that have to happen yeah. okay. to, in order to become a an actual currency for goods and services. I think I'm a bit like I'm a bit selfish. Like I want to get in on it, but I don't want everybody else to. <laughs> oh no 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 no! The, the 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 good part is if you get people in, it, it creates a what we call a pump. So um, okay. it creates that big surge. You know, you saw with Bitcoin where it yeah. was like twenty thirty thousand a piece. Yeah. So whatever it was, um, that's what it's uh, – when people are really hyped, it's mostly – that's what inflates that price at that, that point. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. So it's good to talk about it. Uh-huh. So I like updating my stories with my um, – yeah, with my my dips and rises and falls and my uh... – <laughs> uh, But you, it's only been a month, so I don't put too much luck. Wait a year, see what happens. <laughs> No. it's funny though i did actually i kind of popped some money in there and then just forgot all about it and um, it was only because new picks kept kind of reminding me and i thought oh yeah i've got this this thing that i'm doing it kind of made me feel pretty cool but who knows i don't think i'm going to be a millionaire anytime soon through it but um i know that you know it can be done and it's amazing watching the um people like yourself who got into it very early and 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 were visionary enough to understand where this was heading the kinds of money that they've been able to generate and the things that have, have been happening and yeah some of these countries talking about taking it on as their currency it's it's all kind of new and exciting so yeah mm-hmm. yeah especially in the news it's all it's all it's all like oh pandemonium i don't know what to say um, yes yeah. yes absolutely yeah so how have you been how's your christmas it was it was wonderful. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's always good to see family, and I love the kiddos. They're so fun. The okay, but, you, you, but they're not your children. No, yeah. nephews, nieces, and stuff like that. Oh, that's lovely. Mm. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, how was your Christmas? Yeah, it was lovely. Um, so same really. I I kind of hung out a lot with Otis. Um, his he's three so he's at that stage where he um he understands it he understands uh who Mm. father christmas is or santa um i was able to 
dine out on this whole like Santa knows if you've been naughty from probably November. I started it going in November. I really stretched that out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He was wonderful, like wonderfully behaved. Uh, He loved his presence. All he wanted was a skateboard. Actually, that was his only request. Um, But it was a it was a difficult request because he's just a bit too young to really uh, fully use it. I think I mean he's been okay with it. So I I also added in some other toys and books. But we had a great time. Yeah, Um, I stayed with my mum and we just hung out and ate loads of food. And I knew in the back of my mind that my diet would start just after Christmas. So I took advantage and just ate everything. I mean, it was shocking. (laughs) Everything. And it was wonderful. And I'm still thinking about it even now. Like a happy memory. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And was that like, uh, he's going to be, so I'm confused. So is Otis going to be doing Taekwondo? What is he doing? I'm curious. Yeah. So he starts uh, his Taekwondo uh, class on Saturday. It will be on Saturdays. I thought it was last Saturday, but I got all the dates wrong. So I wanted to, um, I thought that he'd have done it by now and I'd have been able to film it and tell you about it and be all excited, but um, it hasn't started yet. So he, I've signed him up to two classes. One is street dance because he seems to love... Well, he loves Michael Jackson. So, like, my stories are full of it. He's obsessed. He's Michael Jackson obsessed, which is really sweet. And uh, he loves moving and singing and performing and dancing. Uh, It's difficult to know whether he's good at it, but I think he is. I suppose I'm biased. And then Taekwondo just came about accidentally. You'd obviously been talking about Mm jiu-jitsu in our last podcast. And that seems like a distant idea and then um one of his nursery friends we went to visit them and uh his nursery friends uh, mums they said oh um you know our one has been has been doing this uh, taekwondo class it's called tiny taekwondo so it sounded amazing and actually two of his nursery friends attend and i hadn't heard of it before so he'll start that as well and it's very obviously it's not like sparring or anything but it's it's learning how to do well discipline mm. movement balancing some kicks some punches and the parents have to do it with them so i will be um yeah doing a bit of taekwondo as well Oh, it's that's so much fun. I mean, that's where I got my start. So it was like, I was I was probably his age when I started. So it was like three, four, or oh, something. Yeah, yeah. Uh because it's it's easy to get kids into that. And the kids there, I mean, there's so many of them. It's crazy. It was it was pandemonium. Um, I oh, really? Know. Yeah, <laughs> because you're all you're all three, four, five, six, whatever. Um, so y'all just together and you know learning how to kick and forms forms are my favorite because you're kind of learning like a it's it's basically like a dance like you're learning certain set of moves with like punches and kicks and it's like yeah so that's really the fun part and then they have of course then eventually you do sparring and all that other stuff which is which is fun as a kid because it looks i don't know as a kid i was like i always liked it because it was like you kick I kick you. It's like it's like a back and forth. It wasn't like you trying to hurt the other person, but yeah. like it was just like kicking. And of course, you got the you don't really kick to the head; you just kick to the body. So it's like it's it's really not that bad. Like I don't know why people think it's like the worst thing to put your children in. I think it's much. Okay. Time will tell. It sounds lovely and fun. He already um, enjoys play fighting with me, and I have to kind of uh-huh. watch him and and say you know only with you know with mummy because obviously i'm i'm big enough um uh-huh. so he and he loves it and he doesn't just like randomly kick me he says oh can we do some some pretend fighting now 
<laughs> he knows, obviously, not to do that in nursery with his, his friends his own age. But he can already land a punt. He's a, he's a big boy for his age. He's quite strong. He eats ever such a lot. So sometimes I'm quite surprised. And I have to encourage him, you know, only on mummy's hands or on the cushion, because sometimes he'll try and get me right in the side. <laughs> um, but no, it's cool. And I like the fact that he thinks that mummy is tough enough and cool enough to handle it because uh, I don't want him to kind of think that women can't be strong. At the same time, I don't want him attacking <laughs> women. But, yeah, so I think he's got the right balance for a three-year-old at the moment. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so, that's so interesting. I mean, like, yeah. I don't know. I didn't know, like, I didn't know it was fighting until, like, six or seven. Like, it was like, oh, okay. like, oh, what is this, you know? But then I, I watched, I started watching, um, well, I didn't, my parents didn't really – uh, decide what I watch, so I just started watching uh, WWE, which is like fake wrestling. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that is base. That that is fake fighting. So there, yeah. it was like you know it gets you all excited as a kid. I mean, I remember just screaming at the tele, tele the telly, or whatever you call it over there. But yeah, it's just like you know because you're, you're you're cheering for this one person, and you're like go 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 go. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I I remember that being so exciting, the whole drama that they create around the wrestling and the, the storylines. I mean, ridiculous, but really good fun. Mm-hmm. But you know, I said that we live literally opposite a Brazilian jiu-jitsu place. Yeah. So um, on our way to or from the house, Otis um, insists on stopping and watching them wrestle and play. For, he, he knows it's, I've said it's it's just play fighting. Um, actually, they're sparring, but I, you know, didn't want him to be frightened. So I explained that they're play fighting, but he's just mesmerized. He absolutely loves it and he stands for ages. And it makes me feel like a weirdo because, you know, I'm just standing at the window watching these poor guys <laughs> train. Um, but hopefully they realise it's for him and it's not because I'm just, just doing it. So, yeah, we'll see see where it goes. And I will be uh, filming it, adding it to my stories, and I'll obviously be sending you directly some clips and things because uh, I can't imagine anybody who wants this more other than you. <laughs> there, there is nobody. I, I feel like, like, I don't know, I push it for kids all the time. I'm like, what is he doing? Soccer, this or that. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I just feel like... I don't I don't want to say combat sports but like sports that are physical like that like they create they create they get rid of ego like that's the biggest yeah. thing as a kid I mean like I I thought I was a big shot you know just walking around 3 or 4 years old I'm the best in the world you know you're thinking like like you know I would raise my hand for to the I don't know what you call it there the teacher or whatever I would yeah. with I would I would I would raise my hand to questions that I didn't even know so I would, I would think I knew the question, and then I would raise my hand, and I didn't know the question. I would just ask someone else what the question was. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I, I feel like. And then it got rid of the ego, made mm-hmm. tons of friends. I mean, like, like you know, my, my arch rival, Jose. Jose's out there. He's a, a fourth-degree black belt instructor. So, yeah. um, of course, like, I stopped doing Taekwondo, but, it, you know, he's – He's one of those people like I was always me and him were always going at like I'm gonna win I'm gonna win you know it was like it was like the the, the best friend rival kind of thing, um, wow. so it it develops friendship, it yeah. develops discipline. I mean I've never been more disciplined in my whole life. Um, yes. I mean I think I'm still out of discipline because I'm like I should go, I should probably start doing that again because it's like 
you're, you get used to this kind of like not routine, some somewhat of routine, but like you learn when to stop, when to not. Like it's a lot of like that. I think it's so much fun. I don't know. And I think as well, and I don't want to sound like terribly old fashioned, and um, I, you know, I I don't want anybody to cringe as they listen to me. But there is a, that still that element of thinking, you know. I obviously don't want him to grow up fighting or being a violent kind of character, but it would be nice if he knew how to defend himself if ever he had to, um, you know, to, to raise a boy. I kind of, of, of course, I don't want him ever hurting anybody, but we live in the real world and uh, it, it's a good skill to have um, to be able to, as much as possible, uh, be safe. And I mean, I don't know if, I don't kind of know what will happen when he goes to school and he gets older, perhaps when he's in secondary school, if there'd maybe be a fight or something like that. But I want him to safely be able to look after himself mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, isn't dangerous to anybody. So this this feels like a good skill, I think. Yeah. But I don't know if that's the reason I'm, I'm not sure about saying that is like we don't really say that enough about our girls, do we? we people don't really talk about teaching their daughters how to physically defend themselves, which really is important too so i don't want to sound like because i have a boy he needs to be tough and if i had a girl she just needs to be pretty i don't like those kinds of gender stereotypes but i do i do think it's important for everybody really i used to spar girls it's like i don't know it's interesting because you're 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 actually well i was one of those people that just like oh i don't care if you're a man or a girl or whatever and i would just you know i would just treat you the same so i think it was just <laughs> and sometimes that's not a good thing because i kick pretty hard but you know <laughs> it was just uh what's her name i forget her name but like when i was a kid i think it was katrina or something like that she yeah. kicked me in the face one time and i was like oh my gosh like you know i've never felt someone kick me that hard before well that's, because she, yeah. because she was so swift, like she was like a <laughs> like a b- butterfly, just slapped me in the face. But it was really hard, so I was like, "Ooh, this kind of hurt." Oh uh, yeah, kick is like that's that doesn't that's not like a butterfly. That's like that's that's ow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was interesting. Um, I, so I think you know, putting um, well, you know, a girl on combat sports is such a good thing for them too. But they're also you know like anyone that like does combat sports, I, I think is a little crazy. I don't know because you you have to be somewhat crazy to want to fight. Like yes. you you want to learn how to fight. Like yeah, like, that's crazy. Mm. Yes, I, I agree with you. And like I said, I mean, I you know, I, I so when I was very very little, I I did some judo for a while, and I still vaguely remember. I could have only been two or three myself, and I remember flipping a boy I was always paired up with the same boy because we were the tiny ones I remember learning how to throw him over my back and I can still do that one move but my mum took me out of that class because she didn't really think it was right for me as a girl to do that and I wish that she hadn't Um, and of course by the time I was then older and I went kind of into trying to do kickboxing I just couldn't handle the idea of of hurting somebody or, or hurting them in the face or kicking I mean I did I accidentally kicked a girl in the side and her abdomen and I just felt absolutely terrible about it we were sparring and I just I didn't mean I mean I did mean to but she didn't block properly and um that for me and I know what you mean because I'm like why would you want to why would somebody want to do that but I think you know if you can get in there young enough and normalize mm-hmm. it and make it a healthy fun activity who knows so we'll mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. yeah yeah like I also think it's crazy because it's a sport as well so like you're putting your 
I mean, like, he could be a world champion. I mean, like, that's uh, the weirdest thing about it. Like, you know, when I was, you know, if you told me, like, oh, when I was four, you know, you're going to go to the Junior Olympics, you're going to do all of these other, you're going to compete in, like, a thousand competitions. I would have never thought that, like, you know, because it's not, it just, it just seems strange because you're a kid and you're, like, wondering, oh, like, my first competition was a, that was the best thing to ever happen to me because I was so nervous. I've never been more nervous in my life. It doesn't, even to this day, I've never had those kind of nerves because it was the first time, like, you learned that, like, oh my gosh, I got to prepare. I got to be ready. I wasn't ready at all. I was I didn't know what was going on. I got too nervous. Um, anxiety got to me. You know, I went to the bathroom. I hid in the bathroom for like five extra minutes, you know. Oh. Um, so I was just like, like, I was just so nervous, you know, and I was like maybe like five or six. This is my first tournament. I was walking out there and there's like, they have like six, seven different mats, you know, everyone competing at different age brackets and different uh, belts and all that stuff. So you're just there kind of figuring it out. Um, so then I go in, you know, my first one, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. You know, just like doubting yourself. So that, you know, I would kick and he would kick and I would kick and back and forth. Uh, of course, I actually won the first fight. I didn't even know because it's a point-based system. I was just kicking him and running away. I wasn't. I wasn't trying. I was. I was <laughs> like. I would kick him once, and then I would just run away. Like really, like slide back. You know, uh, stay out of his range because I was so scared of him kicking me because he kicked pretty hard. He kicked me once, and I was like, "Oh no, this doesn't feel good." So, yeah, I, I won well, that that's, first. That's so young. That's so young to be that nervous and have that level of responsibility. Mm-hmm. But it's so. I think it was so good for me because if I never, if I never did that, I would never. Like, I'd still be nervous. Like, yeah, yeah. uh, And I would have more anxiety. So, I mean, the more you do it, like, of course, the more you do it, the easier it gets for me. It was just always like that. So, like, you you would, you know, oh, okay. So, I'm not scared of hurting anyone because I'm not going to hurt you if we're training, you know, except when when it was actual competition, I would try to hurt you. But that's like the only time. Um, But the rest was like, oh, let me kick here. Let me try this out. Okay, you want to try that out? Like it's just like a back and forth, and it's 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 really it's really fun for a lot of people because you know you don't get out that. I mean, everyone has anger, so you don't get out anger in, in that many physical ways. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, you ever scream in a pillow or punch a pillow? Like kids love doing that because it, it gets whatever that is. I don't know what it is because. I've, I, 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 like, it was just something that you needed to be done. Um, of course, the parents, this is the crazy part. The parents winning competition are the craziest I've ever seen. I, all you hear is yelling, like, get him, get him. What are you doing? Like, what, whatever the kid's name, Kyle, what? Kyle, kick him. Kick him again. Oh, no. You know? It's like- very competitive. I've, I've never had an atmosphere like that. So, you know, um, my parents were very calm, so they didn't say anything. But the other parents, they'll say, move out of the way, kick them, left kick, high kick, you know, all these other things. I was like, what is going on? Like, why are they yelling? <laughs> like, like, why are they yelling? Like, to me, it was just like a big distraction. So it got me off my my off my off game. So I would be like, you know, as a five-year-old, you're like looking at them like, what are you, why are you yelling? Like, I thought they were crazy. Um but then I learned yeah. later, like, oh, everybody loves crowds, you know? Like, yeah. 
that is like uh, an aspect of the sport because you're being watched, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and he, everyone handles that part differently. Like, yeah. Some people handle it like, oh, nobody's there. Nobody's watching me. Oh, but 50, 60 people are. What happens when yeah. two, three, four thousand, the lights are bright? You know, it's, it's, you know, it's a championship. You know, you're trying to win a medal or something. As a kid, like, it was just like looking around like, oh, my God, there's way too many people here. You know, you ever seen, um, what was that movie? Best, the best of something, I forget what it's called, but yeah, it was the best of the best. It was basically like, it's an adult competition of karate and yeah, Taekwondo yeah. or something. Um, yeah. so they would go in there and you know, they, they'll fight and blah, blah, blah. Or if you ever seen the karate kid, I, I mean, like, it's yeah, of course. Yeah. same yeah, kind yeah, of aspect. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. And that's like amazing. And that, yeah, that, that scene where, yeah, it must be amazing. It'll um, be interesting to see how Otis handles it. Oh yeah, it's I don't know. It's everyone does it differently. I always say that because I I got really scared. Some people are so confident in their skills. Like I was like, I was like, I would look at them and be like, "Are you really ready?" Um, like I'm not ready for this. Like, how are you ready? And but they, I think that that's better. I think it's because you you understood that you did have limitations and. <laughs> I think that somebody who is the same with, with training as well. And um, I see it a lot with, with the sport of, you know, bodybuilding and weight training. And it's, I, it's nice to have bravado. It's nice to have confidence, but I also think that you're not then respecting what it is that you're about to do and what can lay ahead of you. And, you know, if you're standing facing a hundred kilogram piece of iron or, or even more 140 150 and you've got to and you weigh you know 50 kilograms and you've got to move that somehow um having the respect for the challenge that lay ahead of you is really important and that's what stops you from failing or having injuries or doing things that run safe and it's actually i think really understanding the enormity of what you're about to do that is what can kind of push you forward so i think that you you had the right well you obviously had the right attitude because you you won you won your trophies so well done uh-huh. it's always fun it's and yeah i think it's a great sport and then i mean like, like the greatest part about it is like well this is an aspect i always touch on like you're doing taekwondo okay you cannot fight someone with hands can drop you so i always like you know i had that misconception like because I didn't want to hurt anyone, even in school. Like, I was like, you know, I'd rather hug you than, than kick you in the face. Yeah. So I was always like that. So I would never want to fight. Um, of course, middle school came along and that, that that whole thing went out the window. I didn't go to the greatest public school or whatever you call them over there, secondary school. So it was yes. just, for me, it was like fighting almost every couple of days. It was just like, w- whether it was verbal or like a physical fight depended on that. Um it just it would change and you know it it was it, the misconception i had is like well i'm really good at kicking right so okay. i would try to kick someone um and it, it would hurt them obviously but like yeah. i never got like a real good head kick cuz like <laughs> that takes a, a like a moment there has to be a moment so yeah yeah you know and these kids some of these kids knew how to box you know i okay. think they're well rounded they're more well like you don't know who's good at what so I would win some fights and then I would lose a couple. Oh, where did you grow up? This sounds like oh. a mental school. Oh, it's not a mental school. It's a, it was just, it was just not, it was not like really violent, but like, 
Oh, it's violent because like, people yell. There's not great I, teach. I, I, I'm actually, so I, I've lived probably a lot of my life now in Brighton, but I um, am actually from London originally. Mm. I'm from East London, and the secondary school that I attended was similar. It was an all-girls school in Stratford, um, and um, the, it, you know, it wasn't a great school, and it's funny because I only spent my initial year of secondary school there, so the ages of 11 to 12, and the level of, you know, the amount of fighting, the violence, the girls weren't very well protected from each other or the outside world. And then um, we moved very suddenly and moved to Brighton. And it felt like being in a in a fairy tale compared to the schools that I went to in London. And actually, I realise now that probably I should have never even been exposed to, no, no child should, uh, on, on many levels. You know, I saw some really... Um, some horrific uh, incidences of violence. And, mm. you know, you're talking about these teenage girls. Um, so they can really handle themselves, actually. And, you know, I still have friends that went to that school. I went to local schools and they're amazingly cool. One of them, she's incredible. She she does boxing and stuff. And mm. I can totally see how she got into it because she always had to handle herself well. Mm. Um, but I also think that that was too much of a burden for um, for us, for a girl of 11 or 12. That's way too big a responsibility for a 12-year-old to have to be that streetwise. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, it's I think it, it's funny how we all can um, rise to it and, and survive in that environment. Uh-huh. I was never uh, particularly a fisticuffs kind of girl. And actually, my best friend... Um, she kind of always fought for me, really, when I think about it. So, so that, maybe that's why we were best friends because uh, she had my back. So yeah, when I think about that, about that, she was she's pretty cool, and we're still in touch now. And she's like amazing, and yeah, and she boxes now, and she's got she's got four children, four boys, and um, it's kind of lucky that she was as tough as she was because when you're raising four boys, you have to be, you know, pretty tough. So I really admire her. Um, yeah, yeah, and I'm glad she was my friend. She had my back a lot of times, probably more times than she'll ever realise. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I never had that, so it was it was just me, you know, do- doggy dog world, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So for me, it was like, well, I think it developed my passion, like learning other things, because it was like, wow, you know, I remember the first time I got hit, black eye. I was like, man, this, you know, I'm vulnerable. Like this guy knows how to punch me. Like I've never had that, you know, because um, I would try to punch, but I was I didn't know what I was doing. I was just trying to swing. Yeah. Like I was just swinging. Like there's no question of what he was. But this guy, I remember the I I remember it was in like the I was probably ten and it was probably in the bathroom or something. Like we were just gonna fight in the bathroom or something. And I went in there or whatever you call it over there, the toilet or whatever. Um, but yeah, I went in there and you know he was right there, you know and. Um, I was like, okay, so we're gonna fight here, you know what? You know what could go wrong? So, you know, I punch him once in the chin. Um, takes a shot like a champion. I've never seen that before. <laughs> so I was just like confused. I was like, he should have been dropped. You know, most of my fights have been like two, like ten, fifteen seconds. Um, I had no, I had a little bit of grappling experience, but I didn't know what I was doing. So. I was like, oh my gosh. And, you know, I kept punching him in the stomach and the head. And, and then all I see is his large swing. Like he just comes f- like a lightning bolt, hits me in the eye, you know. Um, and like 
I just start, I can't see now. Like I'm blinded. Like my, no. I'm fighting with one eye and I'm like looking at the ground. I'm like, okay. And then, you know, the, I think it was custodian or something comes in and everyone just stops doing whatever they were doing. So I just like, yeah, my eye, my, my, my best friend was right there. Like he just barely walked in. Um, uh, and uh, he was like, "Oh my God, your eyes so swollen! Like it was like it was like a beach ball." So, oh, you poor thing. You know, and, and that just makes me feel so sad. And you were mm-hmm. only ten. Yeah, and I my, think that's too much. I think that's the sort of thing that you, you should experience when you're like fifteen, not ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I was like, "Oh my gosh," you know. And he was like, "Oh, let me help you out, cleaned it up a little." You know, he's like, "I was like, all right, I, I got to go home," and I walk home. So. Um, and you know me, I'm scared to explain to my dad, to my, yeah, to my dad, like what happened, like, cause I don't want anything bad to happen to him go to school. And like, you know, I wasn't, I, I guess like, I don't know. I grew up in the culture of like, that's a bad thing. That's uh whatever you call it, snitching, whatever you, I don't remember what we call it. So I didn't want to get this kid in trouble. So, you know, um, and he was in my English class next day. We were all cool. Um, he was like, man, Aww. like he had a little, little cut here. I had a little cut there and a little blackish eye. Um, I wore sunglasses though. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that was like, you know, him. Um, so I lied to my father. <laughs> I don't know if he knows this yet, but I lied to him. I said I hit a stop sign. Like I ran into a stop sign. I, I you okay. know, so, and he was like, oh, that okay. Like he didn't do anything about it. Cause he actually thought I did. Well, I kind of did. I I didn't run into stop signs. So I ran into a fist. It's funny though that 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 thing that that kind of code you have as a kid, um, where you don't tell your parents. Because I used, I remember in primary school, I probably was about six, and um, I don't know what it was about, but I'd fallen out with my with my friend, and she she told an older girl, and the girl was a year or two above me. And uh, this older girl, her name was Jade, I still remember. She, um, just out of nowhere, she came and just winded me one, just gave me a right blow in the stomach. Absolutely, completely out of nowhere, really thumped me hard right in the stomach. And I've, I've never since taken a blow quite like that, but I was absolutely winded. But of course, I never told anybody. You just don't, do you? I don't think my mother knows. I didn't tell a teacher then. I was so painful. I spent the rest of the afternoon, you know, uh, really really in a lot of pain and just you just keep it to yourself so that's the kind of the school code and i think that's a big part of um yeah of surviving is manage is learning i guess it's kind of something about learning to become your own person and, and picking your own battles and um taking that on so i guess that's a, a, a sign of maturity Mm-hmm. really but it, it's hard you know and and for me Otis he's still he's three um mm-hmm. but he feels very much like a baby still and I guess he's not anymore but um when I look at him I just see him as a baby <laughs> oh that's uh, that, see I always like I don't know I feel like when I see it you know a baby's obviously a baby but like it's so weird watching them grow up so fast like it's like it's like it's like they're they're gonna be you know first they're one you know they're cute oh two three they're starting to walk they're moving around they're talking then four or five and it's just like okay now they're like an actual person they know what to like they're yes. learning things like yes and then you suddenly doesn't it like all of a sudden yeah. i would say that it kind of hit me two or three months ago i thought otis is you know he says things he says things to me like if if he's watching a TV program and I'm on the phone, he, he says, shh, 
you're being too loud. You know, and I think, oh, and he's got opinions about stuff and uh-huh. he has people he does and doesn't like at nursery now. Uh-huh. And, and he, yeah, he's got a whole range of opinions and he makes choices. And so he's suddenly become his own person. Or just, It felt like an overnight process, really. And, uh, yeah. But I, I tell him every day that he may not be a baby anymore, but he's still mine. I don't know how long I can get away with that, but at the moment he's still buying it. And I think by the time he's four or five, he'll be like, no, mum, that's just, that's not how it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a kid, I think the, the greatest thing, like, it wasn't the greatest thing, but, like, the, the one thing that got me into trouble was curiosity. Like, when people said, don't open the door, don't do this, don't do that. Like, yeah. that's, that, that opened, like, you know, why don't open the door? You know, it was like, yes, yes. like, and you're curious about these other things. Like, you mm, know, um, my parents did censorship a little bit. Like they were like, you can't watch that, you know, yeah, yeah, stuff like that, like simple stuff, because they knew I would be scared. Because this one time I watched the vampire movie and I, I took it from their, their, their. It was like Van Helsing or something, and I took it from their, their, uh, well VHS back then. But mm-hmm. I, I took it there, I put it in, you know, I, I, it was late at night, so it was like midnight. I watched that movie. Worst, like I had the worst nightmares for like three, four days. I would wake up, be like. <gasps> Well, that serves you right, really, doesn't it? Oh, he, well, I, I, don't say that. I feel I feel like really? I made the correct decision yeah. because, you know, I think exposure to things, I think it's better in slight doses instead of being overwhelmed. So that was interesting to me because it was, like, overwhelming to me. Like, I didn't know what I was watching. Um, no, that, that would be very scary. Yeah, but, like, if you watch, like, a, like, I didn't know the concept of a vampire. I did not know what, like, I didn't know a lot of things. So I learned a lot of things really, really fast. Like, what does this mean, you know? Uh, what do vampires do? Or why are they killing us? Like, it was just, like, this crazy, like, fantasy that I didn't understand. And I would be like, vampires, real, bro. Like, I would be in, like, <laughs> the school. I'd be like, hey, man, you ever hear of vampires? You know? I was obsessed with vampires for like two, three weeks after that. I was like, I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah you would have been. I mean, what what an introduction as well from mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, but I think it's this weird, you know, kind of paradox that we we teach children about make believe things. So, for example, you know, it's simple for me for Otis to totally believe in Santa, mm-hmm. but then I don't want him to believe in ghosts and scary things. Um, actually, I wasn't really sure about the whole Santa thing, but his dad was really into it, and his his dad's girlfriend—they're really into Christmas. And mm-hmm. so I think because they kind of started it, I thought, you know what, I'll just go with this; it will work in my favour. But the problem is, is explaining concepts of magic and make believe and what is and isn't real is is very hard with a three-year-old, especially when you're saying that one thing is real but then another thing isn't. So you know, I mean, he because he's into Michael Jackson, of course, he's watched Thriller a lot. Oh, oh. Um, which felt totally unsuitable. And I think he, he was frightened, a, a bit like you, for quite a while afterwards. But there was no point in me kind of saying, you know, this is make-believe and it's not true. I don't even know if he quite gets that. So luckily, Michael Jackson at the very end goes back to being Michael Jackson. And I always turn it off just before his eyes turn yellow. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, And the only way to kind of make him feel at peace with that whole thing is to say, you know, Michael Jackson was was bad for a while, but he's he's good again now. So he's it's like that's the only way that I could kind of make that whole experience okay for him. But yeah, it's it's tricky. And of course he doesn't know that Michael Jackson is is not alive. That's another thing that's a bit sad. Yeah, yeah. 
That's weird. He's obsessed. Yeah, yeah. He's got um he has a couple of Michael Jackson dolls which I passed down and has his albums and posters and whatnot. And I don't know when or how to tell him that Michael Jackson is not with us. I I've already told him that he lives in the sky. Uh-huh. Um and you know, and, and he keeps saying things like is Michael Jackson my best friend? So I uh-huh. say, Yeah, yeah, he is because he really he thinks he's like the coolest guy in the world. Uh-huh. And he wants to have black hair just like him. So he says, you know, mummy, like, does Michael Jackson like my dancing? Does Michael Jackson think that, you know, is he my best friend? Um, does Michael Jackson know that I'm really cool too? So I'm like, yeah, but I think, oh, God, it's going to be horrendous for him. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. well, you know, I, I had the same thing with Elvis. You know, my parents would play mm-hmm. Elvis and all that stuff. And I didn't know he was dead. <laughs> but when they told me, I was just like, oh, okay. You know? Okay, so, so that was fine, was it? That was yeah. fine. The, the The problem is when you make him like the, the, the like if you know when you you're into a bunch of different things, right? You're interested yeah, in this. Yeah. You're interested in that. If you put something on way too much, like I think like this happened to me when I was a kid as well. Like like I don't know what it was, but it was something. But you know, focus so much on this thing. Um, and you would say Michael Jackson, like that was his whole life, you know. Say, say, yeah. say, say you gave him. That's all you talked about with him, and you know, yeah. introduce him to new topics uh, yeah. or subjects to explore. So, you know, I would see how that would be crushing, but I don't see, you know, but you, you know, you're building it up more and more. You're making it more and more. But here's a bit, I, I, I kind of think it's him. I mean, he's mm-hmm. very, he gets really obsessed with stuff, yeah. you know. So, I mean, I've tried to. I mean, he's got a playlist, so he mm-hmm. has. Um, kind of upbeat playlist for when because I don't like the TV on too often so um, there's a lot of pop a lot of soul a lot of rap and then he has a kind of bedtime playlist after his stories which is you know a lot of Otis Redding and Marvin Gaye um, Bob Marley some some just some kind of cool stuff that's a bit that's a bit slower and I'm trying to educate him about you know different musicians and artists and he's got a really good taste in music but regardless of whatever I try and expose him to, he is just a bit Michael Jackson obsessed and it always comes mm-hmm. back to that. But I think I will start raising the topic with him now so that he's not too devastated when he's like six. Yeah. You don't want to crush a, a kid's dream. And then the, the problem with now nowadays, I mean like technology. Like, yeah. like you know how my, my niece found out uh, Santa wasn't real? Oh, she didn't Google it, did she? Yeah, she did. Oh, no. But she took like, I, like you know, I you know, I wondered like, oh, so I asked her what she typed, and she gave me her phone and whatever, um, which I think it's 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 insane. Like kids have tablets and phones. It's like it's this madness. Like we never had that because I mean we had like Game Boys. For me, it was like that. It was it was interesting to see like the evolution. Um, but yeah. yeah, it was. She she gave me her phone. She said, oh yeah, look at what I I, I was uh whatever, and she gave it to me and. Yeah, I found out what Santa was. Um, his name, you know, it didn't have any, like, she came up to this conclusion all on her own because I was, look, I was looking at that. It didn't say anything like Santa's fake. Um, no. But she came up to the conclusion that how can you do this? You know, he's going all the way around the world. You know, you know <laughs> why is Christmas tree there? Why are presents showing up before um, yes. the middle of Christmas, you know, at midnight? You know, why are all these things happening, you know? Um, and I, you know, for my family, it was like, you got presents from each other and Santa. So, yes. so yeah. it was like this con game, like, you know, you're like, yeah. cause I, I believe Santa till I was like nine or eight. Like I yes. was way up, yeah, up there. Yeah. I was, I was, I was 
too late with it all. I don't know like what was wrong with my mother, but because <laughs> I think like, you know, it'd been sensible to let me know by six or seven, but I think I was way in junior school and like all my friends knew and <laughs> I was the weirdo who still believed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and, and I was devastated by the whole thing, really. I felt lied to and not even about where my presents were coming from, but I felt a sense of loss. <sighs> that this man, that I, this sort of magical man, just didn't exist. Um, I guess it would be like having a religion and then finding out that it, none of it is true, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, so, I think, I don't know, I feel like the concept is real. I mean, Santa was a real person, like Chris Kringle or whatever you want to call him. He was a real person in the 1400s. The problem is we don't teach kids history like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, so where did Santa come from? Oh, so this guy came up with this kind of gift-giving idea. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, and of course there's bad aspects, which some people choose to tell you. I think it's okay to tell some, some of them because it's like, I don't know. I feel like you're exposed to so much good, you know, it's going to be really scary when there's some bad stuff. Like, like, I don't know. It's hard. It's so hard raising, raising a child because you're like trying to figure out what should I tell them? What should I not tell them? What should I and, put and, together? Yeah, and you're right that the, the children's, you know, the power they have now to information. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm not equipped to deal with it. So um, Otis has like a kind of like a fake iPad um, where he plays games, but he also now has a real iPad, an iPad Mini. And uh, I put some games on there and left him to it recently, and went into the kitchen to do some housework. And when I came back, you know, he'd subscribed to a channel on YouTube. I didn't know he, to be honest, I was unaware of his reading ability, which is much to my shame. I had no idea that he was reading as well as he is because I didn't realize he could even read. I didn't know that he knew how to use, you know, how to to use the touchscreen well enough. And I certainly didn't know that he'd navigate through YouTube and find children related stuff, but he did. He has found these, uh, I think there's a, a channel called Toys Inc. And it's like these, this whole kind of world people. So I think it's adults that do it, but they use popular toys like trolls and they create these colorful worlds and they use slime and paint and sludge or they'll get like Paw Patrol toys. And it's kind of like a soap opera, but with the toys, but he just found that all on his own. Um, and the, the whole thing really freaked me out. So I've not left him alone with the iPad ever since actually because I just didn't know how powerful it was for a child of that age I mean he is only three um, and it seems he can read which shocked me Uh (laughs) I think they're coming out different these kids nowadays you know yeah yeah yeah. I mean like the the issue is like you know as as parents or family or like you want control over your child like you want him to, you know, you don't know, you don't know how he's going to react to certain things. You're yes. kind of guessing. You're like, yes. oh, I know his personality. He wouldn't like that. Like, yes. you know, you're making assumptions, yes. and then yes. sometimes you're wrong. And when you're wrong, yes. it's terrible. Absolutely. Like, like, yeah, and especially, I mean, he's he's very he's always been bright. He's always been sensible. So I suppose I should have worked those two things out. And he has been doing phonics. We do a lot of reading, and I, I do a lot of letters with him. And of course, at nursery, they do the same thing. Uh, but it was only around that time that I realised he was able to put letters together and start making a word. So now, of course, he, he sounds words out and, and I get him to do it. And he's just about able to read very, very simple words. But that came as a real shock. And, uh, yeah, I, I felt very naive. So I thought, OK, um, 
you know, in terms of safety and things like that, we're already at a stage where we need to be careful. And that's, that's really quite frightening. But it's also exciting. I think, God, I've got this really bright kid here. You know, mm -hmm. I wonder what I, I can do with that to make the most of it. I think he's especially bright and capable um, and very handsome. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The internet shaped my whole life. I mean, the, the I mean, it was the beginning stages because when I was a kid, you know, maybe in middle school or secondary school, whatever you call it. Um, yeah. So I was, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13. Um, YouTube barely came out. YouTube was just like these, you know, videos and stuff and whatever. So, you know, I got started with watching gaming on there. That was, that was a huge obsession. I was like, man, I because... A lot of people think, why you know, people are like, why do you watch? Can't you just play the game? Like that was a big thing from um, older people that I knew. It's like, why are you watching these person play a game? I was like, yeah. why are you watching that person play football or soccer yes. or whatever? Yes. It's yes. the same thing. It's just, yes, of course. you yes. know, commentary, all this other thing. You're watching all these, you know. But the 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 one thing that comes out in gaming is personality. Like the person, oh my gosh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or if they're just talking about the game or if they're talking about other things, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And kids subscribe to these, I mean, like channels. I don't know because like it's like hard to say what is a good channel, what is a bad channel. I would say um, Craner is a great channel. Like, you know, it's Minecraft. It's all Minecraft. Like I love and you know oh my brother is Minecraft obsessed. Yeah, yeah. It's both my brothers actually. Yeah, I have two two brothers who are into it and um yeah that's a great yeah. great game for strategy and yeah. you know it, it's clever isn't it uh -huh. and uh, they have all the books and uh, particularly my my uh, so sonny he's 14 and he's very technically minded and is into you know he plays chess he loves strategy and minecraft i think he's just over it now but they're really and they also play this this game I don't know what to call it. I think it's called Magic. It's a card game. Oh, Magic the Gather. I play that too. So, it's... do you? Yeah. I. I see. I have like the geekiest brothers ever in the world. Like they. They're into. Uh, they read a lot. They. They always went through those geeky stages, like the Star Wars stage, oh. the Lego stage, the Harry Potter stage, and they're really into that game. Um. So yeah, they weren't like. I don't have like human brothers. I'm the weirdo. I'm <laughs> like. <laughs> it's funny because they're actually very very. Um, highly intellectual kind of yeah just real geeks and i'm the one who's like you know um the bro in the gym which is funny um but yeah those those games are amazing actually some of mm. this stuff and you're right the internet has really i mean they were playing grand theft auto the other day with some french kid who sounded scarily like a baby i might add um, <laughs> we could hear the voice uh, so <laughs> I don't know what that was unless there's a baby in the background, but the way it can connect people globally mm -hmm. and, uh, and and really improve your ability. Can I tell you a story from my, I think it was my, yeah. my young nephew and I had the same experience, but I had it a lot later. So okay. online gaming became a thing, right? In 2000s, late 2000s, 2008, yeah. 2009. So I was probably about 10, you know, 12, yes. whatever. And yeah. I would, I started playing video games and, Little did I know, I was going to make friends. Little did I know, I Amazing. was going to make friends online. Little did, I mean, I mean, it's the same thing with us. Like, we're thousands of miles away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we have yeah. somewhat of a friendship. Like, it's we like, it's, it's, it's very strange. Yeah. So, yeah. but I had that with online gaming. I was 10. I didn't know what we were doing. We would talk about each, 
Every every day after school, I would go. Of course, I didn't do my homework. <laughs> I did that way later. But I would go home because my parents weren't home till like five or six or whatever. Um, uh, so I would get there. I'd play video games for like an hour or two, and everyone would be on. So like we had a group, you know, three of us, and we'd all talk to each other. Hey, hey, what's up? You know, how was school? Blah blah blah. Oh my god, do you remember what Jeremy did? Did you see what Jeremy did? Or like, or like. Even people from outside the country, like there's one, one uh, guy from I think he was from South Korea. He would play late. He'll play like really late at night, and we were up late at night. But it would be the morning for him, and we would play really late with him, and we would be like, "Oh my gosh!" Because he talked funny. Um, you know, he had the <laughs> accent, and we were like, "Oh my gosh, what's up?" And you know, we made a community and friends, and like nowadays, like you can have like twenty, thirty people on a call, like yeah. on a group whatever discord or whatever you use and you can talk to anybody in the world so and as kids i mean like there's so many kids online now like it's like wow i can't believe this is happening but my nephew had the same experience but he was five i'm like what <laughs> you know i was like i had that experience at like 10 or 11 and i'm like that is crazy like, kids, the kids are coming up different now i tell you they're a completely different breed of child <laughs> um yeah their ability to harness technology and connect and the things they take for granted i mean even my instagram page you know otis watches me plug it he watches me upload videos and for him he'll just grow up thinking it's completely normal <sighs> that his mummy has a page of you know images that are all of her she's doing training or exercising or her body or this and then people are talking you know he will not think that there's anything strange in that or unusual that will become that's his normal even now that's completely his normal and if ever he sees an image of either somebody like a bikini competitor or a fitness model if he you know if he doesn't see them well enough or they have dark hair he instantly assumes it's mummy he says oh mummy is that you and then has to look again and it will be somebody else so that's his kind of yeah normal so it's it's, it's fascinating yeah. um yeah, but but it's exciting. And uh, either, I mean, sometimes I watch my brother, the 14-year-old one, and he's, I mean, he's got this huge bedroom at the top of the house, and it's like a, a suite. It's like a pad. It's amazing. And he's got this massive 15-inch TV, and he's wired up, and he's talking to his friends online and these people all over the world. And then he plays, like, this, you know, virtual chess and all of these computer games and mm. Minecraft and He's having lots of simultaneous conversations, all from his bedroom. And I think either it will, the next generation will either be quite closed off because they're able to connect with people globally just from their room, or it will open their horizons. And I guess that will depend on personality mm. and what they choose to do with those contacts, whether they ever choose to go and meet somebody or, you know, I think that's, that's the thing. Well, yeah, yeah. It's it always starts on online. You're talking because you you don't know each other. You're just learning. Yeah, yeah. And you're going through each other's lives. Hey, okay, what is this? What is that? So, I always felt like it was good. Uh, I never had bad experience. I mean, like there was some bad, you know, not good kids out there. They're just yelling at you, you know, yeah. saying, "Ah, I won, I won," blah blah blah. You know, just yelling, like you know. Um, um, I learned how to cuss through that. You know, that was like one of the <laughs> biggest aspects of online. Like you learn how to cuss because really quickly. And I think that's a good thing because you know what the words mean like right away. Yeah. Um, yes. As a kid, like you're like, what does that word mean? And you would say it and not really know what it meant. Um, 
But when you learn and you're like, oh, so what does that mean? What's that, that word mean? And they would tell you, um, and you know, people would tell you where did that word come from? Like I would look it up on the dictionary or something online. Um, like, oh, okay, what does that word mean? Oh, okay, it tells me what it means. Don't say this word because it can be offensive at some points. It was like, wow, this is weird. And then you know, trying to incorporate that into my online talk or whatever, because everyone was doing it. I was like trying to figure it out. You know, it's like it's like trying to be part of the rapping community. Like it was like yeah, yeah. like you're trying to be a rapper. Like yo, what's up? You know, sh- <laughs> for, for shizzle my nizzle. You know, whatever, homie, whatever you call them. And I was trying to acclimatize really quickly, and it was really hard. So I would look around and be like, or talk to people. Um, the craziest thing is when video like this. This is different. This is way different yeah. than just yeah, yeah. hearing someone. Because you can yeah. see them, you have yeah. the emotion, the face, the facial features, the the yeah. nose, the eyes. You kind of get like all these other things that were missing from speaking. So, um, there's this one guy. I forget his name, but we were playing Call of Duty. I love Call of Duty. That was probably my obsession all throughout middle school or secondary school. And um, I'd play every day, at least once a day, for a couple hours. And yeah, that was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When it was at height of its peak, you know, everybody's yeah. playing it. Yeah. And and um, there's this kid, you know, he would be like, "Hey, yeah," and you know, he said he had no arm to me in chat, like playing video games. Like he had no arm, or he had to, whatever. He said he only has one arm. I was like, I don't believe you. And guess what? There's a the the, the newest feature just came out. You could video chat with someone. And he showed me. I was like, what? I was like, lift your hand up. You know, I was telling him to do like all these other things. So how do you play this game like that? Like he has like this kind of like where he would touch this and do that and like make it work. And I was like, wow. You know, and he was was such a better player than me. Like I did, like, you know, you would think you have two hands, you know, you can play much better, right? Um, But he was so much better. He was quicker, faster. I was like, really? You need him on your podcast. I don't remember him. I like we talked oh. a, f- a few weeks. Like the problem with online friendships is like a lot of them fade off because yes. um yeah. be- because it's just like real friends. Like oh, I gotta go. You know, yeah, there's yeah. this new like it's like graduation. Um, I always do it like this. So you graduate from a game, you get bored of it, you're done. I didn't want to yeah. play Call of Duty or the new Call of Duty came out. Right? I would yeah. have him on my friends list. So I'd be like, hmm, you know. Or he would delete me or something like that. You know, it was like a breakup. Um, And you'd be like, oh, that's sad. You know, I remember um, I remember MySpace days. I was I was really, really into MySpace. I think of all the social media platforms, that was actually the one that gripped me. And it's because I was writing a lot of um, literature and poetry at the time. And so I had this huge like poetry blog and I ended up connecting with the most amazing group of young writers, really talented people. A lot of them were based here in the UK. And I made really good connections with the most, some of the, the most creative minds, the best creative minds. But of that clique of us, I think only, so I'm still in touch with only three of those people. So two of them are on my Facebook. Uh, I've met two of them in real life and one, uh, girl, I still have her number and email, and sometimes we speak to each other. But out of you know, there's only four of us left standing who are still in touch with each other. Um, and I know what you mean because, of course, things you know, you close down your account or you move on. And I think, God, all that valuable time that we spend in 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 a weird way in each other's lives. And this 
So like MySpace back then, and I think mm. it was before people really appreciated that that was a real, that you can connect and make real human um, important connections with people who you may have never physically met. I mean, I got it really early and I kind of understood it and liked it, but I know that a lot of people were always puzzled by my love for social media. Even this, even what I'm doing with the fitness thing, I think a few people think it's like attention seeking or um, needing an audience, but it's not, it's about connections and communications. I think you either understand it or you don't. So I've always been somebody who's aimed to connect in one way or another. And I was writing so much then. In fact, I did about popping some of my old poetry on my blog, but I don't want to bore the hell out of my fitness people because <laughs> it's like a different, it's a dim different demographic. So I don't know if they'd be like, "What is this poem?" But I, I might, I might pop it on my stories and see if anybody wants to see one. Well, I would love to see one. You want to know why? Because it gives you, it gives you a sense of like, because I think people are more dynamic than they think, especially on uh, social media. Because you're. Say your fitness page, you can't do these other things. Why can't you do those other things? If it's not yeah, fitness related. That's true. But like people, yeah. like you create such a niche or whatever you want to call it. Like, But these people are not just niches. They're, they want to know who you are. And like, it's weird. It's very strange. And, you know. It is interesting. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I think Instagram has really uh, taken me by surprise in that um, although I have used other social media platforms to connect, I've never had such kind of like a large audience so the difference is usually it's been so myspace was yes you had an audience but you were it was all very mutual <laughs> and this is different so obviously i don't follow everybody who follows me and i can ask a question and then get replies from people that i don't necessarily know um, and i've had lots of surprises i've had the odd comment like now and it turns out that all along a particular follow has been heavily influenced by things I've been doing or very, very engaged with me. And I had no idea until they kind of made themselves known. One woman was talked about, like, you know, she's bought some clothes from the fitness brand that I promote and she, you know, is back in the gym. And, and like, I've been this huge influencing factor in her life and I just had no idea. I didn't even know she existed. So I was really excited. I was like, what? What a great connection to make. Um, but you're right. I think people are interested in... Uh, you know other aspects of my life and, and I think it's it's taken a while for the penny to drop um that that for some people I represent um many things you know like many things especially to women and mothers and you know I, I had no idea like it'll only be randomly when somebody either dms me or puts a comment saying you have like literally made the biggest difference to my day or my week or because of you, I then felt that I could get through this. And thank you, those words were so important to me. And it was at that point that, yeah, when the penny dropped, I thought, blimey, actually, this matters and what I'm saying is important. And then, actually, it's made all the difference. Sometimes I don't feel like posting or I'm a bit busy, but I always make sure I do because I realise that there are people out there who, who feel perked up by uh, my media in one way or another. And uh, yeah, yeah, at least even if it's just for a second, without without trying to make myself sound, you know, bigger and better than I am. But it's, it's certainly something. Um, it's grown in a way that I hadn't expected. It was all just a bit of fun and a bit of an experiment. And um, a year later, um, I have a really lovely organic audience who... Uh, not a huge audience. I've got like thirteen thousand followers or something, but they're oh, stop there, stop there. Okay, I, I want I want to get something. You can fill up a stadium with that yes. many people. Okay, 
That's a be quiet, be quiet. You can fill up a stadium. You know, I yeah. so, you know that 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 is a lot. That is a lot. I I know people kind of like, oh it's only I have a small audience. I have ten. I'm like I'm like, do you know how like if we had everyone in a room, how large of an audience that would be? Yeah. Um, that is true. That is true. So you know, whatever. I'm like, yeah. No, you have a large audience. Like, the, if you have, got, you have more than like a hundred or five hundred people. Like, you have a large audience. You know, like that. I want you to know. I I do follow you, actually, uh, Okay, thank you. I'm all. I'm. A, I'm a, I have a very small audience about Susie. You have like two pictures. I was like, what? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not an Instagram person. I'm I'm trying to trying to get the ball rolling. I'm more of a Twitter guy because. I like words and whatever, but like, I just don't know what to post. I'm on Twitter. I had no idea. I'll follow you on. I'm on Twitter, but I'm like the most useless Twitter person. I don't even understand it. I'm like, what? I mean, I, I went through a phase with Twitter where I, I, and again, that was following the MySpace thing. So I still had connections with those people. And yeah, it was wordy. But now, um, and also, I think I'm so busy that I can't manage being a mum who's studying full-time and training and running my Instagram page because obviously Instagram takes a lot of work. It's a lot of photo shoots. Um, it's a lot of uh, kind of like aftercare. It's not just about posting a picture. It's about following up comments. It's about engaging. People. Yeah, and now it's about um, giving advice. So I'm kind of finally at a stage where I think perhaps I will take on a professional fitness role so I'm looking at different types of training I don't know yet but um because I, I've, I've kind of realized that I obviously have something a bit more to offer so I'm being very very careful because um I don't want to uh, say the wrong thing or give give the wrong advice but there are still people out there who need help and I get very a lot of requests and I wouldn't personally I don't think it's right to have a public uh, platform to that extent and promote something without following up queries and questions so I'm always doing that for people and kind of trying to direct them in the, the right direction um, I don't feel that I'm in a position to um, charge people for my advice I wouldn't do that right now but perhaps later down the line I, I wouldn't ethically feel that that's okay at this stage but um, when I feel that I'm competent um, I guess that may be uh, the next stage so right now it's like yeah Instagram in itself has become a, a bit of its own job but it's it's great uh, but eventually when I have more time definitely Twitter I'll follow you on Twitter I'll, I'll tweet you something I don't know what <laughs> that's so strange I don't know I, I, for me Instagram is much more difficult to use than Twitter it's my I think I think social medias are like like what are you good at like what do you enjoy like yes. for me, I'm like, this is way too difficult. Like, I have to post a picture. What am I supposed to write? What? Are, like, it's like too many questions. For Twitter, I'm just, like, I love your picture that you use. Like your main. I love it. You're so handsome in your picture with your glasses. Like, <laughs> just that one picture could say so many things. Well, I I don't know. I you know how simple that was. It was just like, oh, uh, let me just take this. I don't know what to post. <laughs> See, I, I wish that we lived near it because I would help you with your Instagram because you've got loads, you know, because you, you, cause, because what's your, your ethnic background? Because that's quite interesting. So that's something to talk about. And then the fact that you, you could post pictures of the people that you're interviewing for your podcast every day. You could take a screenshot of their Instagram and say, today in the chair, we have this person and things like that. You could do loads. See, I, I'm not that creative. I was like, well, what do I talk about? Like, you know, I'm like, and I'm like, I look at y'all like, especially, well, let's, this is the last topic, but like, the, 
I look at y'all and I'm like, y'all post every single day, every single day. I'm like, to me, that is madness. Like, how can you do that? I can do that on Twitter, of course. I can post like four or five times a day, but like, I just don't understand it. Like, that's on Instagram. It's so, it's just so difficult. Like, I can post once a day. And you know, I, to be fair, I didn't post yesterday, and it's the first time I didn't post in a long time because, um, to be honest, I, it, and I thought, I, you know, um, I know that there are people waiting, and I always feel a bit like I've let down my followers if I don't post, but I'm also not going to pointlessly just post if I've got nothing to talk about or if it's gonna, if I can't follow up and I can't engage with people afterwards. So, like I said, I also have like a level of responsibility now so I didn't post yesterday but obviously I'll be posting today especially after our chat but yeah I mean I post I story a lot probably not as much as I would like um I want to really develop my stories and pretty much let the camera follow me around um because I'm you know I'm doing a lot of things and I think people I, I think that a lot of people have found comfort and inspiration in the fact that you know it is possible to juggle everything all at once and I think that there are particularly a lot of women who want to know how it's done, how to effectively time manage. And again, you know, I was a project manager for years and years. So time management, it's not something that just happens incidentally. You know, I, I, I learned, I was trained formally in, in how to time manage. And I hadn't given that enough credit that that's how I'm able to get through so many different projects relatively successfully I don't I'm not perfect you know I have days that I've not been the best mum I can be where perhaps I've used the tv as a bit of a babysitter to to get a blog done or get an essay done or perhaps I've not been the best student and I I haven't got quite the A star grade that I could have done Uh, last year at uni I still managed to average with like a low A but I know that I could have done better Um, and I've definitely not been the best friend I mean that's a that's something that I feel um, I really need to improve this year I haven't given my friendships enough um, nurturing and um, I feel very I'm amazed that my friends have any time for me at all because uh, they're, they're, they're amazing they're very forgiving they're always there when I want them even though I can't always be there for them and uh, I really need to turn that around I would say the last 12 months I've been pretty much one of the worst friends ever and that's just been because of not because of Instagram of course but because of university and Otis getting that bit older me feeling like I need to give him much more of my uh, focused attention Uh, when they're babies you can kind of just carry them around and do whatever you want to do but he's at an age now where I like to sit with him for a good chunk of the day and do like his reading, his writing, his drawing, his numbers, you know, and, and also just talking to him about his day. I I want him to feel that he has a friend in me. So I don't want to just live my life and drag him along as if he's an accessory because he's not. And I take it very seriously that I created this person who needs, um, you know, some, some one-to-one. So I do a lot of one-to-one with Otis. Um, and then obviously there's the gym. Um, and then by the time I finish everything else and studying and whatnot, yeah, I just, I've, I'm pretty much the world's worst friend. So that's something that I need to improve on. Um, but it is possible to juggle a lot of things and to prioritize. It's just about knowing, you know, and I'm constantly reassessing what's urgent versus what's important. And that was a project management skill that I learned very early on, you know, urgent versus important and things like that. And, what can wait and if I can't get into the gym will it matter 
you know, and, and, and so, yeah, it, it's all a juggling act. I suppose that's a bit of a cliche, but it really is. Um, and, and obviously, like with cryptos, I already know that I don't have the time to mine them, which is a shame because I'm so intrigued. But I thought well, the least I can do is invest. Uh, I also threw Otis's savings into investment as well. So he has his own crypto investments now. And just at least stand back and then see what happens there. Yeah. yeah. Well, when he grows up, he's going to be growing up. Crypto is going to be like the typical thing when he's like 10. And I hope that at least, I mean, what I'm thinking is that if I can invest enough and be clever enough with that, that perhaps that may be, you know, like his car, his first car or his driving license or his uni fund or something. I don't really know um, how it will grow and whether I'll be clever enough to, to do it. But I'm hoping... I can because at the end of the day as a single parent these are things that you need to think about mm. and uh, you know I don't just take it for granted I'm gonna just have money for him so um, I want to make sure that he has a really lovely experience entering adulthood and obviously finances is going to be a big factor in that so yeah we'll see we'll see yeah it's yeah. gonna it's gonna be interesting I, I, I don't know I, kids are like the most interesting topic uh, you know I'm a scatterbrain yeah. so I can't like I'm just all over the place. So like you know, one moment here, one moment there. So I can't do that. But like, like yeah, I don't know. I just relate with kids a lot because I'm like I I try to be young or whatever you want to call it now because yeah. like I'm I watch the same things as them. Like save it to the cartoon. I've never seen it before. I'll watch it. I'm gonna be like, oh, what is this? You know, bubble guppies or whatever. Um, I love bubble guppies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'd watch that and you know. You know, I introduced them to stuff. I'm so into this now to the point where I know the entire theme tune. Believe it or not, it's the old series of Pokemon, the 1990s Mm -hmm. series. I just discovered it on Netflix. I had no idea. My brothers were into it, but I didn't take much notice back then. But I had no idea that the theme tune is one of the most epic Uh power power ballads. I know the song too. (laughs) Catch them. I'm sorry for everyone who's listening. And I don't, I don't want to do that to the listeners. It's, I'm not, it's not easy for me to hold back on singing it. Basically, and I shouldn't even admit to this, but Otis and I, we know the words, we duet it, we do like air guitar, and we just love it. And and yeah, and so now I watch Pokemon with him a little bit. When we, you know, so we we have our stuff. You know, we have our we have our things. Um, there's another series. It's, I think it's I think it's British on our channel called CBeebies, and it's called Go Jetters. And the series itself is actually it's pissed off, but the theme tune to Go Jetters could have actually been released as an actual disco hit. It's amazing. Uh-huh. So um, yeah, so some of those like sneak their way into his playlist, obviously. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but I'll have to say I'll have to share you his playlist. Are you on iTunes? Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm going to share it with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I love. I don't know. We could talk for hours. I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it was wonderful talking to you again, catching up, and I don't know. I yeah. Just um, I don't know what you call it, but like, yeah, it was great talking. You too. It's always a pleasure, and um, hopefully, again, one day in the future, we can have another session. Um, uh-huh. Also, I'm thinking maybe not now. Um, but one day when I've got more time, I was thinking about having not a podcast, but kind of like a video one, uh-huh. like an on the couch with. So if there's some weird way that we can do it, I'd love to interview you because you're so interesting. So we'll have to find a way to reverse it. Oh, this I, I hate being in the hot seat. It's scary. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
I will right. put you on the spot one day. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you have a beautiful okay. day. Or, you too. Yeah. Thank Bye. you.